Hello and welcome to the Maidcast, the official podcast of the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment, a series of lectures on video game history as part of the Maid's ongoing effort to preserve history through teaching and displaying playable exhibits of your games and consoles. With our grand reopening now in full swing, the support of people like you has enabled us to continue to bring history to you through lectures and interviews like the one you'll hear in a few minutes. I'm Red. I'm Miles. And I'm Chun. This week, we'll be looking at the OG Donkey Kong, which is the arcade one. I guess no one doesn't know what it is, but we're still talking about and talk about Mm -hmm. something you may not know about it. But first, we're going to talk about the news. It has been a very busy week for the gaming industry. Yes, with E3 now gone or not off this year, uh, a lot of the big game announcements have uh, come announced via either specific companies or, in this big case, the Summer Games Fest was a large showcase for a lot of upcoming game titles. Uh, which, the first big news, uh, we actually got some, uh, like the first 15 or so minutes of Starfield and the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And it looks pretty dang impressive, I will say. I'm very excited to see Bethesda's next uh, venture into the stars. Yeah, the games uh, about stars and space and traveling in space, always amazing, very attractive. Yes, it's about stars and fields. Let's just hope <laughs> they keep the promise and don't let us down when the game is finally out. I'll be actually having some interest on the game. Yeah, I'm I'm really interest, interested in it. Um, The gameplay... The current uh, memifying online of the game uh, seems to be calling it uh, No Man's Skyrim, uh, which I feel like is a pretty decently accurate <clears throat> like gameplay with uh, the harvesting mechanics uh, with the Bethesda-style storyline. So you uh, mean they got to sell Starfield like, how, like the timeline they sell Skyrim? Uh, maybe. I think yeah, it's not I mean, unreasonable. Feeling... They've put a lot of work into it. They're going to sell it as long as they can. Yeah, if it's I mean, anything yeah, it's, like Skyrim, I'll happily play it in ten years. Exactly. Yeah. If you, yeah, like I'll play it on PS6 if they get the upgrade for it. Yeah, I'll play like, it on <laughs> PS7. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, because it spans a it's a three generational game. So we'll see. Um, no, but I also they, was they've laid out a bunch of um, stuff about it. They've said it's going to have a thousand playable planets or visitable Jeez. planets. Um, we'll see whether that's like small areas or actual planets, like in No Man's Sky. Maybe um, yeah. generated. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think they said that nothing was like procedural, but I find that hard to believe because there's no way. Um, yeah, it's going to have. I would, a, I would say it might have like on like it would ha- if they're going to do those playable worlds, it would have to be like online downloadable, like well, online we'll connectivity we'll to see. access. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, another thing that come out of Games Fest is Skate Story. Which looks like a fun, weird alternative to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Um, if you haven't seen the trailer, it's it's fantastic. Check out the trailer. But um, it's just a it's just a skate game uh, where you play as a demon made of glass, Ooh. and you skate through hell. I like it. It's got a rad I soundtrack. Like uh, the art style is fantastic. Uh, the skating looks good. Like the gameplay looks fun. It, there wasn't much to it, but it's that's that's all it needs. It has style. Yeah. As long as it, ha- as long as any skate game has 
the flow of which you can skate a line, it's that's pretty much all you need to have a successful skate game. Mm-hmm. And plus, if you have a dark undertones of the story is like you're skating through hell. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a good hit. Yeah, you're skating in a hell. What more can you ask for it? Mm-hmm. In other news, uh, one thing that I'm really excited about the official English announcement for One Piece Odyssey, a new kind of open world, open world One Piece game, uh, where all the every member of the Straw Hat crew is playable, is going to be coming out later this year. I believe August or September. Uh, this game uh, is unique as far as One Piece games go because this was an original story developed by. Uh, Ichiro Oda, uh, the creator of One Piece, uh, who's been, he wrote the story and designed uh, all the characters in this game. So this will be kind of a true to form fun game to play if you're a One Piece fan, uh, since this is basically a game that was developed uh, in concert with Oda. So this will be a nice addition to the One Piece game catalog, and I'm sure I will be picking that up very soon. But I think in slightly more exciting news, Hollow Knight, Silk Song, the sequel to Hollow Knight, uh, is also going to be coming out uh, very soon. Did we get a little gameplay trailer with this announcement as well? We didn't get much. Um, we mostly got just some some sort of art trailer we got a lot of shots of hornet uh, the main character and i mean honestly it's more than we've gotten in years so yes uh, <laughs> we'll take it uh we did not get it at a we did not get a release window yet um but we know that they've been working on it since i think 2019 2018 mm-hmm uh but it's it's in the same uh it's in the same nether realm that tunic was for a very long time where there's they're just noses down hard at work not saying anything it'll be done when it's done you just have mm-hmm. to be patient same thing with uh <laughs> the announcement we got all, like about a month ago for god of war ragnarok mm-hmm. <laughs> we have an announcement to make <laughs> there is no announcement <laughs> we're working on it Trust. Um, all right, we have a couple other announcements. Uh, so what is this? Uh, Wo Long Fallen Dynasty is a new game by the team who made uh, Neo, uh, which yep. was a blast to play. Neo, so. if you don't know, I guess everyone knows. But um, it's a game which is, I guess I can say it's a little bit so like but it's got its very special taste of it. And they just got to make another version of it, which have its background in China. Interesting. I'm yeah. excited to, I'm excited to see this, uh, this new game coming out from that same developer, the team yeah. that, that team that made Neo Neo is just such a fun, uh, very well designed action game. Um, so we'll see in the future, uh, when this one comes out. Uh, Hideo Kojima is also announced a collaboration with Xbox uh, while saying uh, they will also still keep working with Sony. 
So there's going to be a special Xbox exclusive Kojima game. Maybe. Uh, Hope so. Hopefully, hopefully they put it on PC either because I would like to play it. And I, uh, you, you know, yeah, I, I feel like my, I feel like if you're collaborating with Xbox and Microsoft, it's kind of it's Xbox and PC at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. I'm not too sure. I mean, with Xbox Game Pass, you can play games on your PC, Xbox games on your PC. So I don't feel like they would slight uh, PC owners uh, with this collaboration. Unlike Sony, who doesn't make computers very much anymore. But I, I also heard a rumor from uh, what, what's the name of the actor Roman Norman Reedus. Yeah, Norman Reedus. Reedus in his uh, Norman Reedus in his uh, one of his recent interviews, he actually said that Death Stranding Two is in progress. Hmm. Ooh, interesting. Walking Simulator Two. Keep an eye out for it. Yeah, delivery simulator. Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. DoorDash. Delivering <laughs> pizza, beers. Uber Eats the game. Yeah, Uber Eats uh, the game. Tomorrow uh, is on your hand. Yes, exactly. Where's my tip? Uh, in other news, Capcom Showcase uh, has a lot of exciting new uh, things coming out as well. Uh, we got the Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak demo, which you can check out now. Uh, with Monster Hunter, yes, now check it out now because the twenty first, uh, the full DLC uh, will be coming out. Uh, uh, it's on thirtieth in Asia, so it's on twenty ninth here, maybe. Oh, the twenty ninth. Okay, yes. Um, we also have uh, an exciting new announcement from Capcom: Street Fighter Six is now in full swing. We got a little bit of showcase of Guile's movements in action on this, and man, does it look polished. It's going to be... It's going to be a very exciting game, uh, and keep an eye out for that with uh, some esports events coming up as well, I would believe. Hmm. Uh, and before we move on to Donkey Kong, a couple little last announcements. Resident Evil Village uh, is getting some new content, as well as Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 2 and 3 will be coming to Xbox very, very soon. So keep an eye out uh, and keep up to date on all your Resident Evil news. But let's let's get into our main story of the day. We are talking about Donkey Kong, the original Nintendo title, first appearance of Mario. Uh... This is a very groundbreaking and exciting game, full mm -hmm. of lots of interesting developments in the process. It's another legend that Nintendo has written in the history of game. Yes, Nintendo always keeping their thumb on the history and mystique of early game development. Uh, so, before the development of Donkey Kong originally... Nintendo of America developed another arcade game called Radar Scope. It was a 3D, uh, at the time 3D, uh, space shoot 'em up, something between Galaxian and Space Invaders. Uh, this uh, was an interesting looking game where you had ships, uh, like spaceships, kind of coming down as you move, like side to side to take care of them, but they were not only coming down a grid, they were coming towards you 
which added a, a bit of an exciting take on these cabinets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, uh, developing Donkey Kong was a massive investment because uh, uh, Nintendo of America bet its uh, business on the success of Radar Scope, and it didn't really perform as well as they would have hoped. Uh, only about a third of the thousand cab of the three thousand cabinets uh, that they made were ended up being sold. So uh, Nintendo of America ended up asking Nintendo for n- just Nintendo for help uh, on this project, and they assigned Shigeru Miyamoto to convert Radar Scope into something that would appeal to American audiences, uh, and this ended up being his first lead developer role. Mm-hmm. So at the time, Nintendo was pursuing licensing rights to make uh, Popeye games. Uh, those eventually fell through, although I think they did make a Popeye game like a year or two later. But at the time, they didn't have them. So they fell back to uh, turning the sort of basic archetypes of the characters into original IPs. So uh, Shigeru Miyamoto by, uh, borrowed heavily from that and... Uh, Beauty and the Beast and King Kong. So Bluto, uh, sort of the the big bulky, I think he's like a pirate. Um, no, he's a, they're, bo- they're both sailors, but he's the rough and tough uh, bully sailor. Right, he's the big guy. Uh, that became Donkey Kong. Uh, Olive Oil, the the love interest, became Peach, who was at the time called Pauline in the game. Um, and Popeye became Mario. And it was interesting with this uh, first, with this first in- instance of Mario. In this game, Mario was a carpenter, not a plumber at the time, uh, which was kind of helped uh, symbolize his use of use of the hammers to break the uh, to break the barrels, because that's what carpenters do. They just smash up uh, wooden barrels with hammers. Uh, but it was a, uh, it was an exciting time. Uh, but also with the name Donkey Kong coming out, uh, Nintendo and Nintendo of America ended up getting sued by Universal Pictures in 1982 uh, because the they feel like Donkey Kong infringed on the famous movie King Kong. Uh, they claimed that the character <laughs> Donkey Kong was a copy and too close to King Kong. <laughs> Yeah, this is actually the start of the legend of Nintendo's legal team, which has been pretty well known in nowadays to be very strong and just you don't want to mess up with them. So by the time Universal Pictures was making the claim, Nintendo actually make a counter argument for that, saying this claim itself is harming, it's, this, it's damaging the name of the the King Kong title, they pull out some suitcase that Universal Pictures has been getting in before, because they actually get sued by making the film King Kong before themselves. So they mm-hmm. they make a claim to win the suit by saying the King Kong is actually a public domain, and it it actually was a very in- <laughs> And it was a very interesting suit because during the suit, they actually found that uh, 
Universal Pictures didn't even own the copyright to King Kong. Yes. So Universal was kind of using their legal team to push Nintendo to kind of back off. But Nintendo stood firm. Using this point plus the claim saying King Kong is actually a different character with Donkey Kong, they have a fabulous win with this suitcase. Yes. And, and the lawyer of the time of the of helping Nintendo to win this suitcase is Kirby. John Kirby. Uh the namesake uh which was pretty which lent itself to the the pink glutton which we have mentioned earlier. Uh after the their win on this uh suit, they actually gifted John Kirby a $30,000 sailboat named Donkey Kong. And they gave him exclusive rights to use the name Donkey Kong on any future sailboats. Wow. So keep an eye out for Donkey Kong Country sailing the seas <laughs> very soon. <laughs> it's ever since this suitcase, Nintendo of America and Nintendo has been having, getting respects in the gaming industry and having much more a, pow a power to say, to have a say in the, in the gaming industry to a point that even the Microsoft have console have seek for Nintendo's legal department for counseling about copy of the games. Mm -hmm. uh, but with this uh, lawsuit now kind of taken care of, the development and sale of Donkey Kong was kind of underway. It quickly became one of the most, one of the most popular arcade cabinets that Nintendo has sold in America. Uh, but there's also been many myths about the origin of the name Donkey Kong. The biggest one that I was familiar with was it being called Monkey Kong as a poor translation where someone was translating the boxes when they had the label and it was supposedly originally called Monkey Kong and then someone just translated it into English as Donkey Kong. But later on uh, with the research for this uh, episode, I found out that that wasn't the case. It was, it was indeed originally called Donkey Kong. Uh, and it was, the name was chosen for being, uh, uh, Donkey was chosen for his like obstinacy, the stubbornness of the care of the character, uh, like the term stubborn as a mule. Uh, so they just used Donkey Kong because he's a big stubborn gorilla who refuses to stop throwing barrels at a sad New York carpenter. Who's uh -huh. just trying to help a? <laughs> who's just trying to save a girl from his clutches? So interesting tidbit. Um, uh, Pauline was not supposed to be Mario's girlfriend. Um, <laughs> it was just supposed to be a random person. Um, Miyamoto said that the uh, the name Donkey Kong was intended to imply a stupid ape. I think he said that in two thousand one in an interview. Um, mm -hmm. And also, Donkey Kong was supposed to be Mario's pet. Uh, Donkey Kong was uh, a pet for the plumber who escaped and stole a woman and Mario had to get her back. <clears throat> it's like bad monkey, bad monkey. Yeah. <laughs> no. I that was stupid. Like, okay, having a gorilla for a pet is probably not a good idea. What a bizarre story. Yes, it's not a good idea, but this is America and people have tigers for pets all over. So that said, uh, given the little time that they had to salvage radar scope, Miyamoto said explicitly that he did not focus on story. So, like, you know, anything goes. It's a game. As long as it's fun, 
I yeah. mean, that's uh, one of the biggest things that Miyamoto has said over the years is just like if you're you got to be kind of connected with the game and enjoy playing it uh, almost right away for it to be catching. Uh, but Miyamoto wasn't uh, a programmer at the time. Uh, so he originally designed it to have Mario escape a maze uh, with like little in the way of the platforming. Uh, but his initial ideas were slightly too ambitious, including like seesaws and catapults to move the player across the stage. Um, he thought sloped platforms and barrels as enemies combined uh, with ladders for movement. Uh, you know, what we see now as in the Donkey Kong cabinet, that was the that was what they ended up being on. So no catapults, just stationary ramps that the barrels could roll down. Mm-hmm. There were, uh, when he was talking with the programmers, they said that, oh, no, we can't do that. That's too complicated. And so they backed off on that. But I think a year or two later, they did actually manage to implement uh, catapults and seesaws into a different game that they were working on. So the idea eventually happened. It was just a bit sl- a bit late for this project. Uh, in the end, they uh, developed about 20 kilobytes of new content, including sprites, uh, music, uh, a simple soundtrack, and uh, the conversion kits were shipped over to Nintendo of America to put into the machines that they already had there um, to turn them from radar scope into Donkey Kong. This include uh, marquees and overlays and uh, motherboards, CPUs, power supplies. So you, so essentially, you could take the radar scope cabinet, get the new, uh, sl- get the new stickers, and rebrand it as Donkey Kong. And then just put in the new board, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they actually even trimmed down the circuit boards a bit to, c- to cut down on cost because uh, the circuit boards that Radarscope used didn't really need didn't need to exist in that capacity for Donkey Kong. Like they could use less. So uh, when they were transferring over the new the new boards for the new game, they just cut them down to make them smaller because they didn't need it. Also, there was. There was also two versions of the Donkey Kong Arcade. We call it try version and the get version. And the way to tell which is which is by looking at the message when the stage just starts. So the try version will start with how high can you try. When the get version will start with how high can you get. So the difference between two versions is the try version has a bug in it which allows the players to walk 25 meters. And in the get version is when they fix the bug. And the get version also become the base of the version which later sold to the North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Donkey Kong has had a lifelong uh, continue- continuing presence in the game industry. Um, I mean, the fact there was even a movie made about uh, trying to beat the high score the relentless high score of Donkey Kong called The King of Kong, uh, which is a classic video game history movie. Uh, highly recommend everybody checking that one out if you want to see how dedicated some of these players are to getting these high scores on these cabinets. We had uh, one of the big things about that game was, I believe it was level 22, or the kill screen. Uh, which is essentially a bug where if you get too far in the game, uh, the game starts to glitch out and essentially makes the platforming 
uh, impossible to traverse. Uh, they didn't expect people to get that far in the game. So there's certain aspects of the game where you're trying to manipulate uh, the area, get high enough points to get extra lives. Uh, similar to some of the other older games like Defender, where there's like a trick to essentially get there's stay in one place and get a bunch of lives. And then if you're doing like a marathon gaming on the cabinet, give yourself enough time to take a quick nap and just continuously die. Calculate how many times <laughs> each, how much time each life will cost you uh, in order to rest up and continue the play. But the King of Kong is a uh, incredible movie. And this game is still very, very popular to this day. Uh, do we have a copy of that in, in our... We do not have the cabinet, but we definitely have the uh, the original NES version available at the museum to come try out and get your hands on, see how far you can get. I'm unaware, uh, I don't believe that the NES version had the same kill screen as the cabinet version did, but it was still a very popular game, uh, and it still has its hold on everything. I mean, we've seen, there was like Donkey Kong, I believe there was Donkey Kong 2 and Donkey Kong 3 eventually became released. Uh, and then there was a break until we saw Donkey Kong Country uh, on mm -hmm. the Nintendo the 64. Days. Yes, in the very rare days. But Donkey Kong, uh, as the original character became older, <laughs> my favorite thing about this is he was later known as Cranky Kong. Uh, to showcase how old he is with his gray white beard and glasses and very powerful uh, whack, uh, old man whacking stick, also known as a cane. But <laughs> uh, Donkey Kong has had its a very long history in the games industry and its continuing presence today, as we see in many mm -hmm. of other Ninten many Nintendo titles to date. Probably its uh, biggest mark on society is the invention of Mario. Pretty much, uh, and I, later on, as the uh, <clears throat> like as the development of Mario and like the expansion of his character came to be, well, when the original Super Mario Brothers cabinet, or when the Mario Brothers, not Super yet, just Mario Brothers, mm -hmm. uh, they gave him a brother, named him Luigi, and then they also made him into a plumber. So he changed professions in order to prevent uh, turtles from escaping these pipes. <laughs> uh, but that's the history on the original Donkey Kong. We have a little bit... Like, the original Donkey Kong uh, definitely became... Uh, it's, a, it's a mythical, very mythical uh, game in, in the history of video games and arcades. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap up this episode of the Maidcast, what have y'all been playing? I guess you already know what I have been playing. <laughs> the sun, uh, the Sunbreak demo. Yeah. How has that been? Um, I'm surprised to see some old monster coming back, and which is, and uh, amazing. They they change the texture of it. They look beautiful now. They're just a beautiful piece. 
And then they also bring back some old maps and we work on it, which is another thing I'm feeling very surprised about that and very happy, very welcome. Ah, I'm excited. I'm then, very excited to pick it up too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to beat the the hardest difficulty quest in the demo for now because uh, the tradition is they would tune it very up so it's become very difficult, even more difficult than the real version of it. So as long as I beat it, there'll be no problem I can beat it in the real in the real version. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you got to make games at least challenging so you can continue to play it. Uh, yeah. It's a game amazing. without a challenge. Yeah. A game without a challenge is. It's just something to kind of occupy your time. It doesn't prevent any. Doesn't give you any, like, extra stimulation. Um, yeah. I've been playing uh, a little bit of. Still been playing Kirby this day trying to 100% it I'm getting relatively close that's just doing the menial uh, time based uh, goals for each of the challenge little challenge worlds um, it's been very fun it definitely like to get through a level is not necessarily very difficult but to complete all the challenges and collect everything in the level in a go mm -hmm. that is where the challenge lies with these games and certainly completing it within certain stipulations like most bosses have uh most boss levels have a goal where you want to beat the boss without taking any damage and that alone on some of the movement bases uh some of the movements that kirby has is definitely gets a bit difficult but it's it's a very fun game uh, I'm also very happy. I was a little bit disappointed when I originally beat this story because I felt it was a little bit short. But they do have a post-game uh, post sequence of levels to play, which definitely provide like the challenge level uh, that if you've been searching for something a little bit more difficult to get to. They, have been, they essentially put like a dream world of the previous levels that you get to and you have to play through all of them in a single go while collecting new secret items uh throughout each <clears throat> throughout each section uh, uh highly recommend it uh this reinvention of kirby is definitely a really really fun really fun advancement for kirby i'm really excited to see where kirby goes from here what about you miles i uh, stepped into the fighting game scene oh, and uh, bought Guilty Gear uh, on sale a couple days ago. Ooh, yeah, Strive. Ooh. Uh, my friend is very, very good at it, and I've been <laughs> like, she just, she just, she just doesn't shut up about it. Robin, I love you, but like, you gotta chill. Um, uh, it's fun. I am going to have to put in a lot of work in order to like feel confident in it because like I don't know it's so out far it's so far out of my normal wheelhouse that it's it's really a struggle to to be that reactionary be that like it's it's very precise it's very fast and I'm just not good at it yet so I need to 
<laughs> you need but to get fun, good, as um, they say. <laughs> everything feels really responsive. I'm really enjoying the 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 the, the sort of brain game that it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, no, that's he, exciting. I wish you best of luck on your guilty gear, uh, <laughs> on your guilty gear journey. The music is uh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the music is incredible. Uh, that's one of my. I mean, I'm. <clears throat> I get a little frustrated at fighting games often because all of my friends are like, like your friend Robin, just insanely good at the game, and I just get defeated because of like the amount of time I realize I would have to put in to <laughs> get good as well. But I, I enjoy watching high level players play these games. Mm-hmm. It really show it really shows like what level uh I mean, even at some point, like the developers of these fighting games didn't don't expect how like high up the quality of fighting can get. They're mm-hmm. it's really incredible. And of course, Guilty Gear is pretty much like one of um other than like the original Street Fighter and stuff, Guilty Gear was the big fighting game which still has a massive, massive following. So I wish you a lot of luck and just don't get frustrated. Don't break your controllers. That's all I... Yeah. <laughs> controllers are expensive now. Yeah, controllers are expensive now. If only Nerf made throwable controllers. That's all I, that's all I ask, but... <laughs> well, I think that's about all the time we have. Uh for this episode of the Maidcast. So thank you for listening to the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment's official podcast. If you have any thoughts, questions, corrections, or general museum ideas, please shoot us an email at info at And also, come visit us in person. We are now open, uh, open doors. So come by and check us out and get your hands on some of these titles. We would like to send out a big thank you to everyone who donated recently and to our patient supporters who keep the made afloat. Patient donors get to listen to this podcast one week before it's released on major streaming service and we continue that with future episodes every week. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Patreon donors Ola Bowden and Russ Van. Thank you so much for your support. Till next time, I'm Miles. I'm Chin. And I'm Red. Thanks, and we will see you next week.